0: Hey, it's time for another edition of the ITF Flowcast. And this week we get to interview Dan Reiner. He's he's out of New Hampshire. Uh, If you've been in ITF anytime, you've seen his posts or his comments. He's just such a neat guy. I got to meet him at one of the IWCA uh, conventions. And that's why I really want to interview him. So you could get to kind of know what type of person he is. He's a a very loving and giving person. uh, And that's what we get to talk about, talk about his philosophies uh, for business, but also how he keeps the, the division between the business and the family life. And also what his goals are that his business is more than just a moneymaker for himself but he views it as a vehicle to be able to help others. Anyways, just a great guy. Really encouraging interview. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy it. So thanks a lot and uh, listen in. Hey, flow means time for another edition of the ITF Flowcast. We are so happy to have Mr. Dan Reinhardt here with us. How you doing, Dan?
1: Hi, guys. I am well, sir. How are you, friend?
0: I am doing well. We were just talking about the IWCA convention. Uh, we're excited to go. Uh, I know you, yourself, uh, had. You, could you please pull up the medal here? We have a... a oh, yeah. yeah. You go. Third place finisher of the speed competition for the, the uh, IWCA uh, uh, relay there. So that yep. was pretty well, cool. I want to I...
1: thank Jeremiah Hickey for uh, for uh, staying out of the competition this year. No
0: kidding. Jeff didn't go. Did Jeff go last year?
1: Yeah, Jeff. Jeff and he Megan did. were there last year. Oh, yeah.
0: okay. So did he compete?
1: Uh, he. I don't think he did. I I don't think Jeff did. He was, he was probably there giving us some, some tips and tricks as well. Yeah,
0: he probably was. But uh, anyways, I'm, I'm looking forward. Like I was mentioning, I'm, I'm, I got my ticket. I got my room. I'm ready to go. I'm just waiting to the last minute there to make sure everything's uh, at least doesn't get super bad. You know, before I go, I have a, a mom i care for who I, I have to be careful with but i i really did miss seeing everybody last year and uh, i know you guys had a good time with uh say did a great job of last minute putting something together uh you, you mentioned and and that's really really uh, um, hard to do so i now that they have the full planning to, <laughs> in a, a year and ahead <laughs> that they uh, you know they got their their uh, ability to plan ahead and and, and uh, get, get ready for uh the any of the complications that come with having this uh, many people during the pandemic i uh, looking forward to, to being there and seeing all the getting all the benefits but i did want to have you on just because one i met you at the iwca convention um, we had of course communicated on on in itf but to spend some time with you uh was really cool we got to uh, do a charity clean we got to work together on the um, ronald mcdonald house which was super awesome and then we got to do a little dinner together. So, man, it was just really great. But you're you're just one of those people I I, I am drawn to naturally. One who, window cleaner for years, uh, um, just a nice, friendly person and considerate, but two, also has lived a life of giving to others. And I, I those qualities all really, I'm drawn to people like that. So I wanted to, all of us to get to know you a little better. But why don't we first start, uh, start by talking about how you got into window cleaning. What was your origin? How you, you know, did you get, was this something, a family thing? Was this something you fell into or how did you come about?
1: Yeah, well, thank you, Gabe, uh, for those nice compliments. I, I concur with you. I, I tend to like to avoid drama. Uh, you know, I like uh, I like people uh, that can uh, have respect for each other, regardless of what our backgrounds are
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Absolutely. That in, in a country that's so divided in so many ways that our group that you and a few others uh, started and, and got going has blossomed into something really cool that uh, that I found community in it
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, at, at the end Absolutely. of the day. We all want to be respected. We all want to be loved. We all want to have community, and yeah. uh, and I think that's really important about what you guys are doing here. Yeah, at, uh, absolutely. The flow. And and I really I, I feel that that brotherhood and sisterhood. Uh, that's yeah, just just, just uh,
0: to touch on that and to add to your point, um, you know, when when this whole pandemic came and and you know everyone's picking sides and everyone has their strong opinions on it, and I have my strong opinions on it certainly. Um, I, I kind of came to the decision that rather than add to the division, I, I'm going to, I'm going to ask myself, who can I help that's in front of me? You know, who is the person that is directly in front of me? They may not have my, uh, what I believe they may not uh, have, you know, my same opinions or views on the matter, but because we are all in the same pandemic, we all still have difficulty we all still have problems. So what can I do to help that person? What, what need do they
1: experience? Right. Yeah. Uh, And I think that even politically uh, when you really get down to brass tacks, uh, we all love our family, Mm -hmm. right. And we all love our country and we all want what's best for our family and what's best for our country. Um, So whether it's talking about something, you know, with a pandemic or whether it's something political at the end of the day, I think that most of us have more things in common than we have that are, you know, divisive, Mm -hmm. but uh, that usually isn't, uh, that usually doesn't run headlines on on, on news cycles. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But but I think think we all have shared common interests and I think there's more common ground than not. uh, It's just the the other Uh, things tend to get more uh, impressed.
0: Yeah, and I I think, like you said, with, with the media, the humanity tends to get lost. And I think that's something that we can never lose sight on because everyone is, is going through something difficult. So if we can just be a part of that, where we're, who are we helping, you know, and, and here's this person that I I have this opportunity. I've got time in front of them. Can I be encouraging to them? You know, can I listen to them? Can I hear what they're trying to say? And then, like you said, then it just helps that day go a little better, you know, and, and sometimes it's just a little thing like that. Sometimes it's something big and something practical where you find out they have a need. And and now it's either you're in a position to fulfill it or you're in a position to help uh, have others help fulfill it, you know, because that all comes back, right? That's all circular. And and if you can get more people doing that and helping others, then it just, uh, you know, it makes everything a little bit easier to deal with. And, And that's definitely the foundation that ITF was built on was. Just looking for how we can help that sense of community build within our industry, and uh, I think uh, we doing a good job.
1: Isn't it better to leave the world better because we existed in it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so you're right. It's it's just about uh, you know sharing sharing uh, that that compassion because, like you yeah. said, everybody's going through something. Everybody is bearing a cross. Yeah, uh, and oftentimes, you know, uh, what we present uh, online doesn't always give the full story of, of what everybody's mm-hmm. going through. And, no, uh, certainly you know, doesn't. So I, I think, uh, I think if we can just deal with each other with a little more grace, yeah, and, uh, you know, and some love and compassion, um, uh, even when people blow up at us, you know, I, I because, uh, you know, our natural, lower yeah. nature is to strike back and defend that's right right yeah. uh, so you think about the fact that this person that's just lashed out at me probably is carrying a pretty heavy load right now that i know nothing of and uh, sometimes you just have to be a sounding board sometimes you yeah. have to do this listen let it hit you but don't absorb it you know yeah. let it hit you let it roll off uh because that person they're probably going to feel badly about it afterwards anyway, but, you know, you yeah. never know what people are dealing with in
0: life. Nine times out of 10, that's the case. You know, it's just, but any of us, right, if we have a big open gash on our arm, if someone touches that gash, we're going to yell. <laughs> we're going to yelp It's just that. And, and so, we, like you said, we, we don't know what wounds people carry, you know, and what things that they're dealing with, what pressures they're facing. And so, yeah, sometimes people are going to lash out at us. I, 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 under, I get it. I, I get the, the tendency to want to react to something like that. But if you can, I, I've, I've learned over the years to not take too many things personal. And sometimes people will lash out at me and I just, okay, you know, and I just back off and, and don't worry about it. And like you said, nine out of time, nine out of 10 times they come and just say, oh, Gabe, I'm so sorry I reacted that way. Oh, I feel terrible. I, you know, and then now it gives us an opportunity. I forgive them. And now that, that strengthens our bond that we have together, yes. you know, and, and, and now, now we're, now we're closer. Now we know each other a little better and uh, you know, we may never be best friends, but, but now at least we have a good, good rapport with each other. And um, yeah, I mean, that's 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 all part of that getting getting through things right it's just having that that ability that willingness to forgive others because you're gonna have to be forgiven for something yeah, you so did when you're under pressure much, right
1: to, to those who have been forgiven much you know you know yeah. you're gonna have to, to show that forgiveness as well right yeah. forgive us our trespasses <laughs> right we trespass against us we really want we really want our trespasses forgiven. Let's just be You really don't want to forgive those other people because they've got it coming, right? Uh, so that's a life work. That really yeah. is. Uh, that's not something 20 year old me, you know, uh, had yeah. nailed down. And now at 48, mm. I still don't have it nailed down, but I'm a lot closer.
2: Yeah, yeah. Me,
1: right? Absolutely. Uh, the, the ability to just, you know, whether they ask or not, just mm-hmm. offer forgiveness you know
0: and, and i think in our industry because we are male dominated and and you know there's just i don't think just window clean but any kind of contractor where you've got a bunch of, of professionals who are good at what they do there's going to be heads at butt you know there's going to be egos involved there's going to be people who are trying to you know have that alpha male mentality of trying to get up to the top and uh itf does a really good job of kind of sifting through that, you know, and and those who really want the drama and really want the, the, you know, self-promotion, they don't stay, they leave, you know, and they, they stay where they, you know, where they get what they want, but those who do stay, um, and and we have many who, who perhaps in other groups might have that mentality, but they are very respectful of the environment that we've created here. And I think what that does is, uh, um, you know, there's some, some I'm thinking of right now who they, they, contribute you know they don't contribute often but when they do it's really meaningful it's really helpful and insightful and they do it in a way that shows respect to how we run things in this group even though maybe their tendency might be a little different but it it kind of it it brings out that that helpfulness you know in a way uh, because just by virtue of having uh, those lines drawn as to what's tolerated and what's not you know, and it allows them to work within those parameters if they're willing, you know, some are not, and that's okay. We're we're not saying everybody's got to be part of ITF, but, but those who, who'd stay um, and respect the, the, the rules, I mean, it, man, I mean, I just, I get impressed with some of these posts from these individuals who in other groups, I probably didn't have as much respect just because of the way they responded to people. But then hearing them like, man, they they are really insightful. That was a really good answer to some question that they gave, you know, there's some depth to the well, right? Yeah, Yeah. there's some depth. Exactly. But that's also the humanity, right? Because if you, and that's, that's where my fault is, is to look at someone who may respond in a way negatively and make judgments on them but then you see them in a different light and you're like, wow, I was totally off base on that judgment. Right. You know, that's a lesson that that I continually learn when it comes to all these different people that I meet is is learning to identify where their strengths are and then try to help them enhance those strengths. You know, if, if it's within my power or within my ability, but um, yeah, it's just, I think it's window clean has, has brought me into contact with so many different people that I never would have, you know, in different types and uh, um, it's just, it's just really, it's neat and humbling to be able to learn from them and to see. Uh, rather than focusing on myself, all promotion, you know, self promotion, I'm this, I'm that. Of just taking some time to listen and to observe, um, it's changed my business, the way I run my business, and and uh, it really has just given me a lot of respect for people that I never would have given a second thought to, you know, otherwise.
1: Yeah. And when you listen people feel valued and respected and it goes back to the old saying that people don't know, don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Right. Yeah. You can you can be talking uh, at nauseum mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: about the depth of knowledge you have on glass restoration and how mm-hmm. glass is made, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, you know, but until someone feels heard and valued, um, mm-hmm they might not receive some of the things that, that you would like to share with them. Too. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you're, it's the power of observation and, and just let giving value to another person when you're, when you're with them. I, I yeah, agree. Whenever I went to uh, IWCA for the first time, scared to death. I mean, just cause mm-hmm. I mean, I show up and like, all these guys are all chummy, buddy, buddy. Right. They've, they've known each other for how many decades of going to, to these conventions and this was my first time there and uh, i remember uh finding a group of like-minded people uh of in in the industry but also uh just with a value system uh for the, there were three other uh, other fellows there um and uh boy we had a really really impactful time uh on it with each other and that was really special uh so it's what nice. year was that that was 2016 I believe it was okay uh, my first my first one was in uh, Scottsdale
0: okay yeah I, that was my first one too although I didn't go to any of the I just went to the trade show okay. um, yeah I drove up from from Tucson since it was so close and I just bought tickets for the trade so I walked in looked around didn't know anybody no one knew me you know I just felt like I was walking around in a mall <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't buy nothing yeah. came back home my wife was like how was it I was like I guess it was okay. I saw a bunch of squeegees and <laughs> buy nothing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was interesting. So
1: I go back each year and, and uh, I look forward to certain people of like, oh yeah, I get mm-hmm. to see these people and catch up again. And, and I try to also be mindful that there's probably another Dan Renard out there somewhere floating around. That's this first year there. So it's yeah. nice to give out those first year tag things so that you can recognize that person, include them, Make yeah. It feel yeah. Welcome as well. Uh, Cause well, yeah, it's, it's tough being the new guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's, I, I just totally felt of course at the time, you know, when I went, it was the same year, 2016 um, I was just starting to grow. So my business, I had been single owner operator for since 2000, you know, all the way up until about 2013, I think was when I hired my first guy. And, and then even then I backed off right after I hired him. I, I think I, he quit and I was like, I didn't hire for a little bit. And then I hired again, and I kept like kind of dipping my toe into, you know, getting bigger. And, and uh, um, we had had my daughter. That was the whole reason that that was the whole, if, if I hadn't had my daughter, I would still be a single owner operator, but we had her. Um, there's a lot more expenses that came, um, her, her health, it, nothing super dangerous, but it was concerning. We had to have some surgeries. We had to have doc, a lot of doctors visit. So I was like, yeah, I can't support the family off of what I'm making here. So I had to grow the business and, um, you know, getting back to meeting people, like you said, I that, that it wasn't that one. The first one, I didn't mean nobody. Uh, I think it was San Diego is where I met. I met two people, Michael Draper and uh, Fernando uh, Nando Medina, who's uh, one of the mods, you know, with, with ITF. And I met a bunch of other people in that one, but those are the two that I remembered. And uh, Nando, just to, like I said, getting to know people better. At first, he came off very brash. You know, he was just very he just kind of was out there. He, you know, he had guys with him and he was just real like, I own this place, you know? And so just at first sight, I didn't really, Uh,
1: not even intimidating, just the same uniforms. And yeah, it it, it appeared very intimidating. You know, like he
0: just, he just (laughs) wasn't my cup of tea at first, just from what I was already judging him to be, you know? And then we took, we were in the same, um, uh, it was the Sunbelt, uh, uh, training class. And so we got certified together and I, and I, he sat next to me and we just talked and I, I got to know him and I was like, no, actually this guy's pretty cool. You know, this guy actually is pretty down to earth and, and we had a good conversation and he was, oh, next time in California, come visit me this and that, you know, but then we ended up following each other on Facebook after that. And then we, um, Gotten to ITF together, and then after that, I mean, now we're you know we we know each other really well, and and we work together so often with uh, uh, ITF um and other things. Now he's in the IWCA, he's on the board, and and so we're we even we have more dealings with him, and and so it just I he's definitely a, a friend that I would not have made had I had that attitude of oh well I'm better than him or I'm you know where I would have been trying to compare uh my my skills or my business with his we never would have become a friendship you know i had a friendship right,
1: that's the danger is mm-hmm. and it's it's natural mm-hmm. uh no matter what industry you're in uh mm-hmm. it's just a natural thing a comparison yeah uh and and i and i i'm from new hampshire for some people it's a little tiny state next to maine <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, that's a little. My, that's a little boxer.
1: Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a little tiny, little pizza-shaped, little small state right next to Maine. Uh, you know, we're uh, uh, geographically we're an hour north of Boston. Okay. Uh, so we can be in the city. Just an hour fast. away, man. Yep. Yep. We can be in the city pretty fast. Uh, I can usually be on the uh, on the mountain skiing in 45 minutes, and I can be at the beach in 30 minutes. So. Wow we've got the lakes region that I can be there in about 20 minutes, you know, so we got lakes and the mountains, we got the ocean, we got the city, all with, within an hour's drive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so it's a really cool place to be. Um, but uh, when I went to the first, uh, but comparison, uh, you know, I'm my general service area is the seacoast of New Hampshire, southern Maine, kind of uh, a little bit into Massachusetts, but mostly the seacoast of New Hampshire. Uh, so, you know, the general area might be like uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, or along I 95. You might have, I don't know, 30 or 40,000 people that mm-hmm. reside there, right? And uh, so it's important not to get pulled into the fact that someone who is servicing New York City or Philadelphia or, or right. Boston or a major city and they've got like a warehouse and they've got 10 trucks or 12 yes. or 15 trucks on the road. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, right. Well, it, there's, and that, that's, that's even a ministry. I was a youth minister for a while. Then you look at certain churches, why do certain churches only have 25 people in it? Why are there mm-hmm. churches with 5,000 or 10,000 people? And well, you are, these places are often in major, you know, metropolitan areas. -hmm. So, so you should be growing and scaling according to your 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 base as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, comparing comparing usually leaves one feeling defeated. So, uh, you know, the best (laughs) and often both applaud people Uh, uh, when they're succeeding. Yeah, often.
0: Often both of them are, are depressed because we're always comparing our the thing that we we feel more uh, insecure about with the other person's what they're excelling at, and they're sometimes doing the same thing, you know. To us, they're looking at us and, and saying, "Oh, I wish you know this." And that's just the human tendency, you know. So it doesn't it doesn't help anything. It, you know, it doesn't it doesn't uh, uh, do any good really to to compare unless you're asking them specific, specifically how you can be better in a certain thing. That's different. Yeah, you know, now you're, you're asking for
1: instruction. Somebody, yeah. And, and, and uh, appreciating appreciating uh, their Absolutely. accomplishments. And, and like, maybe this person can help me get to my next stage of growth. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and it Absolutely. takes time to get there as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, uh, you know, but I did meet uh, one of the newbies. I said there were like four newbies uh, at my first IWCA. Mm-hmm. One of those gentlemen, uh, gave me his airline points and flew me out to Colorado. Wow. I'd never been to Colorado. He flew uh-huh. me out to Colorado, let me stay with him and his wife, and we went skiing and uh, went to a, you know, I got to meet some of his people. And uh, and that was just after one wow. connection at an IWCA. I'm like, mm-hmm. the brotherhood that, that exists uh, when there's not that spirit of, fighting and competing and egos but when uh when you're open-handed and and like just welcoming uh it's amazing that even just one person my first connection Mm -hmm. here's a guy that i got to go ski breckenridge and like it was a dream come true
2: that's awesome very cool
1: so that was pretty cool but
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well we got we got off track as that often happens but that's okay because that's what we're all about here (laughs) it's just getting
2: to know you better
1: important things that we're talking about right is
2: yeah is is the stuff
1: of life Uh, absolutely Uh, you know window cleanings window cleaning like i can say here's my squeegee that i use or you know this is the kind of towel that's the best you know but uh, at the end of the day we we do uh what's what works for in our company right so yeah absolutely uh, Absolutely. but how did i get started I, i feel like uh I think there was a Johnny Cash song that said something about, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah. man."> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I was a, a Mason's tender at one point. I went to, uh, to trade school to be a, uh, I took carpentry and cabinet making. No kidding. Um, so I spent some time in, in the carpentry field for a while. I thought when I graduated high school that that's what I was going to do. I was a volunteer firefighter at the time. And uh, and I was planning on working carpentry for a while, and I did. I got into that, and uh, yeah, I, in high school I was waiting tables, and you know, between college I was, uh, you know, like a fry cook. It's <laughs> like I, I I've had experience in a lot of different industries, a lot of different uh, you know life skills, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, And I felt uh, felt the call to go into ministry. So whenever I was, I was out of of high school for about a year. um, And then I uh, went to Bible college and finished that up and got my diploma and uh, became a youth minister uh, for about six years. I was in youth ministry. And uh, those were some really good times. uh, As uh, you know, hanging out with teenagers, we started a youth group in this little small town called Milton, New Hampshire. It was a little cow town so, uh, <laughs> just, it was just you know we'd get people from from out of state come we there were uh, there's some lakes there so they would come in you know on the weekend and play on the lake and then go home but really as far as the town goes there wasn't much cooking and we started the youth group there with four teenagers and when we left there was over 60 strong wow every week and uh and there were 17 schools represented uh, so I got to go into to, to uh, out of all 17 schools, all but two said that I could come in and have lunch with our students. Uh, so that was that was a lot of fun to go <laughs> into schools and hang out and eat lunch with their students, uh, you know. Uh, so whenever whenever I stopped doing that, I, I, I had my trade to fall back on. So I went back into carpentry and cabinet making and, you know, but I was working in a in a uh, manufactured home facility. OK. Uh, and I was pulling 12-hour shifts there. I was oh. working a lot of times from 4 a.m. to 4 p.m., uh, working oh. super hard uh, and doing, you know, doing my best, you know. And I uh, wasn't getting compensated a lot. And I would watch them fire good guys and promote, like, knuckleheads. And I'm like, oh, what the <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, and uh, while I was there, this was 1990. 1990- Eight ninety nine, I guess, probably around that time. Um, I was reading a book that I uh, saw on the Oprah Winfrey Show, and the book was Big <laughs> Dad for Oh yeah, yeah. I got home in time to see Oprah. You know, I, I went to work early, but I got home. You know, early <laughs> morning, and uh, Robert Kiyosaki was on there, and there was, uh, and I am I am a person that if I sit down to read, I fall asleep. Oh, okay. it's not for lack of wanting. Right. Or I gather my knowledge in other ways, right? <laughs> if I sit down to read, I, I fall asleep. Uh, so uh, I was reading this guy's book on all my lunch breaks and, and everything at work and whenever I got home anytime I could, I couldn't put mm. the book out. Uh, because I was raised uh, uh, I wasn't wealthy. We, you know I know what government cheese tastes like, you
2: know mm-hmm. I, I yeah,
1: for the free lunch program. Guess is
0: man. Guess is all day.
1: Yeah, you know, I know <laughs> I, I know what I, I couldn't drink real milk after we got off after I got <laughs> out of the system because I didn't like, you know, you have powder and you add water yeah. to it, and now you've got milk for your cereal. Right, right. like to drink real milk after that. I was like, what is this gross stuff? I guess <laughs> 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 you get used to that government stuff. Uh, you know, so uh But my dad was a very hardworking man. He uh, supported a family of six of us uh, on a a manufacturer's salary. He just worked an assembly line all of his life. He was a hardworking and a good man. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she definitely could make a dollar stretch. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never seen anyone handle money quite like my mom. Uh, My dad would just sign his check over. She would cash it and put it in envelopes for giving and for bills or whatever. And then when the time came, I guess she put it in the bank and then wrote out a check. Uh, it was her way of doing it, but I, you know, she did very well. So we didn't, uh, go beyond her means, but, um, you know, so, so the struggle was, was, was there. So when I'm reading this book, I'm, I'm relating to this guy that, that says, I, you know, my friend was poor, his dad, you know, But my dad was, but his dad was educated, right? And said, you got to go and, you know, he was, you got to get all these degrees and you'll be successful and stuff. And this other guy saying, well, you know, you can invent something or there's another way of doing it. And I'm sitting there and I'm just taken in this book of, Mm -hmm. of, of new, new thoughts now starting to process. I remember my dad, not too many years ago, even as an old man, I, when I would go down to visit my parents, we went to this fancy uh uh store at the end of town um that sold wines and cheeses and you know uh and we bought some stuff to bring up to the house and because it didn't come from the local uh discount grocery store you know he's like what are you doing it's like well i i thought i'd buy some nice things and bring over to you and he said quote we have we are poor We have always been poor and we will always be poor. Oh, that was a a statement to me. And and I was like, huh, all right. But that was just recently. This was after I'd started my business and everything else. I remember telling dad whenever he was at his last manufacturing job, I said, dad, if you put a carport on the side of your house, everybody in town loved my dad's detail work. He would detail people's cars for him. Mm -hmm. You could get a little side hustle. You could get something going here. And uh, no, no, his dream job was this place in town. And then that place shut down and moved out, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, but that book, I was really, you know, thinking like, if you just do, if you do this, then this will happen. Right. Mm -hmm. If if you work hard for somebody and you do a good job, you will be promoted. And I was at this carpentry job looking around saying, this isn't the case. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This isn't the case. So, so I thought, what if, what if I worked hard for myself? What if I put all my, all, my, all my ethics and all my hard work for myself? I was a, a happy employee. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I enjoyed being an employee, but then when I'm looking around and inequities happening, I'm like, "Wow, so my brother-in-law, I mean I was at Christmas at a Christmas gathering, and my brother-in-law, I don't know if he was given a window cleaning business or if he bought in uh, pretty low. Um, but he had this window cleaning business out in the western part of the state. He kept bragging about, oh, I'm doing so well. I'm making all this money on window cleaning. like, what? You can make money cleaning windows? Is that a thing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I understand people can make money hanging off of buildings and cleaning windows in a city, but is that really a career? And so I'm like, well, you know what? Here's something that people a lot of people don't like to do it. They don't have time to do it. And so if I do it well, maybe this could be something. And if I fail, I haven't bought the farm. It's not like I went out and started a restaurant, right? Yeah. I I had a squeegee, an applicator, a bucket and a ladder. Yeah. Because how much risk am I going to put my family through to start a business? Um. So I went out and I spent one day with my brother-in-law. Uh, I was the slowest so- soap man around. Uh, <laughs> I remember thinking how fast he was squeegeeing windows, but I was probably just super slow in detail. I, was probably- <laughs> uh, I had to make sure his windows look good, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, we're out on a commercial route work that he's, that he does every week or every two right. weeks. That didn't go, bro. You know. <laughs> but I spent one day with my brother-in-law uh learning how to use a squeegee and soap windows and uh, we bought some uh, equipment while I was out there with them. There was a local uh, like a hardware store that sold some things and uh, I came back to the Seacoast here and I put on my dress shoes and I put on my tie and I walked the streets doing what everybody does when they start a window cleaning business right mm-hmm. I I went into, Every store and restaurant that you know around, and then in three, four towns all around, and I had out of eight and a half hours that day, I came away with one yes, one maybe, and a, and two blisters on my feet. <laughs> 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 walking in my dress shoes, the place was locked down. Yeah. It was locked down by an old fella that uh, had um, uh, a, a retirement. Uh, a uh, excuse me a second. He had a retirement pension and, uh, and, uh, so this was just his, his fund money and he hadn't raised his price in 30 years. Oh, bet. Started my business like you in 2000. We both yeah. started the same year. Uh, and yeah, he hadn't, so something I would come in for a storefront and say, I'm going to charge you $8 or $10 to wash mm-hmm. this storefront window. He was They're at $3. Like bucks. Oh my God. Four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> I had customers. That no, And he carried around a dirty bucket of water. It was sure. always dirt, filthy, yeah. you know, yeah. and he had a mop handle. Uh, you can picture him. Um, yep. And I had customers that would say, no, we like the old man. I had customers that would say, we don't want our windows clean. But then I also had another set of customers that I was bidding on that would laugh at me when I came in. I said, sure, we'll take your quote. And they would just laugh before I even did the quote. They knew. They knew what was up. I'll give them a quote. There's a ten dollars quote, and they're like, hey, "I pay four dollars." <laughs> Maybe this isn't yeah. the right business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how did so like so you were just bidding commercial? Then when you started, that's what you were. That's what you were shooting for.
1: Uh, the commercial because uh, it seemed like yeah, the place to get in on the ground floor, well, right? It, it not. And I, I'm, I'm asking.
0: And, yeah. Yeah. I was asking because yeah. that's exactly what, ha- what happened to me. I, I did the same thing, so, except I did buy, a, I bought a few jobs from a, a, a friend. So he was a window cleaner and he was kind of similar. So t- he, he wasn't bragging about it, but he was just saying, Hey, this is something you can do and make some money. You know, and I was working at the bank, but he gave me, oh, man, I don't know. It was maybe like 20 commercial accounts, you know, just 20 to $30 accounts and nothing, nothing huge. They were just ones he was tired of doing. Yeah. and he wanted to just sell and be and be done with, you know. And so that's that was my attitude of I'm going to get all commercial I'm going to have all these little commercial accounts and make a lot of money in a day. And of course with, for me a lot of money would have been 100 bucks, you know.
2: Right.
1: Well, um, well you look at all the storefronts. You look at all the storefronts and and it just looks like oh, look at look at the there's so much money there's around There's so much there. money. Right? <laughs> all you got to do is go and gather it. Uh, yeah, I mean and there was another gentleman who was in business I don't know, 15 or 20 years before when I started, who had the the, the main city locked down near us. And everything was locked down pretty tightly. Mm. But the thing is, is I always kept a, a a part-time job. And I know some people get mocked in other groups because it's your side hustle and not your real job. But really, you've got to start somewhere to get somewhere. Um, yeah. And I, I drove a school bus, uh, and that was... That was a lot of fun. I drove a school bus yeah. for a year, uh, so I would drive the morning route, yeah. hustle for for windows, and then I would drive the afternoon route. Mm-hmm. Um, I know
0: several yeah. window cleaners that's they they rode uh, school buses or drove school buses um, yep. while they were building up their business. It's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, my wife was out for a walk one day, and I stopped traffic, and the bus was empty. I was on my way back. She was out for a walk. I stopped traffic, flipped on the red lights, and said, "Hey, baby." <laughs> want to ride she's like get out of here, out of here. <laughs> I said I got traffic stopped and I'm not going anywhere to you <laughs> I know I know how the ladies like it <laughs> Here we go, bus. Here we go. <laughs> how to romance the wife <laughs> yeah. so yeah she knew she knew i mean it, like this i i was not going anywhere so she got on the bus <laughs> <laughs> i worked part-time as a as a maintenance facilities manager uh for a private christian school uh because we did their windows and mm. the uh, the headmaster liked my work, so he asked me to work there. So I worked there for thirty hours a week the following year, while still growing my business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did want to do houses, and I was doing some houses, uh, but it took a couple years, you know, sure. to really, to really get going.
0: Yeah. Well, it took me a long time. I mean, well, of course, I I always viewed it as a side hustle. I never really viewed it, uh, at least in the beginning, as my full time. I did always kind of want it, but. I never, I never did the things you need to do to grow it. So all of my growth for the first 10 to 12 years was organic. You know, it was people referring me. I did have a little ad in a small community that I I was doing residential in, um, but I always had another job and, and I I cleaned grease traps for eight, nine years while I was doing windows. You know, I I did the bank at first, then I quit the bank because I thought I was going to do windows. And then I soon realized windows was up and down and sometimes I didn't have any money. <laughs> sometimes I had a lot of money. So I actually, that's when I got it. I got the other job, which was part-time, but it was still like, I mean, some, some, sometimes I did work 30 hours, you know, usually it was like 24 to 25 hours, but sometimes I did work more. And I mean, in my, and it was, it's night work. So my sleep schedule was cool. just so jacked up. I mean, yeah. I, I was going from working in the day Then I'd I'd take a nap and then work at the night and then I'd sleep and then I'd wake up and do some windows in the afternoon and then I'd come home and take another nap and then I'd go work. I mean it was just it was and then once we had our daughter, you know, I in the beginning it wasn't a big deal because she was little, but then soon she was missing me, you know, and I I was realizing I'm I'm wasting time that I'm at work that I should be spending with my daughter at these years, you know. So that's when I decided, okay, no, I, I need to make the windows work. I need it. I have enough loyal clientele. I need to add to it. And that's when I started taking it seriously. But yeah, I've always had something, something else, you know, because I
1: was fortunate enough that whenever I took the leap to start my business, mm -hmm. my wife had a good paying job at the time.
2: Mm, That's nice. That was
1: helpful. And, uh, and we didn't have our son yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was an okay time to to give it a try. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thankfully, by the time my wife started her own business, uh, squeegee clean, was already very established, and we were doing very well at that time. Good. So it was less of a risk for her. She started a a, uh, a skincare business.
2: Okay,
1: Aesthetician. So, um, very so cool. that was always nice that the other person had a really good income coming in when the other person stepped out, and because it, it's very risky, it's it's, yeah. it's nerve wracking. It's it's a risky thing to do. Absolutely, and you know, I just
0: talked with um, I interviewed um, uh, James Smith about his, his coming up into windows. If you haven't heard his interview, you'll like it a lot, but he, he's, he had desperation went to windows. You know, he was stuck in a job where he was working way more than he should have not being paid enough. And it was affecting his health. And it was getting to the point where he's like, I'm going to, I have to quit this because I'm going to die, <laughs> you know? And he just picked windows. His wife was super supportive and they made it work. But I, I, i just, I need plans, you know, I need backup. <laughs> I always, I'm, that's just my, my personality. I, I kind of, not that I can't handle um, uncertainty because I can, but if well, it's something
1: that's right and minimize always minimize the consequences, that's it. Uh, you know, uh, a, a conservative investment, you know, instead of all in and what, you know, you can win big or lose big, but mm-hmm. if, you can, if you can have, a, you know, a little something there to help protect you i think it just there's a little it's wisdom that's all, yeah. and that's all right
2: too.
0: so so speaking of that how do you balance because i know your, your family obviously is very very important to you as it is for, for most of us but we all have kind of our different strategies for managing the the family business lifestyle you know because obviously your business is important it, it's what provides you know the the means for you to to you know, give the things your family needs but you, you don't ever want to do it at the expense of um, hurting your family in any way, you know? So what, what's your, what's your strategies for finding that balance?
1: Well, now at the place where I am in my business, and, and you're probably in a similar place yourself, I'm trying to work myself out of a job, mm-hmm. right. Um, and, and hire key people and treat them well. Um, so that, I can spend my life doing what I dream about doing. And and that's more time with your family. That's more philanthropic things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've only got one life. We've only got so much time. We don't know how much time we have and Mm -hmm. time is the most valuable thing we have. And so we've got one crack at raising our kids. That's it. You know, are you going to turn a child loose on the world that you, haven't spent time with, uh, given the, the, the attention and love that they need. Um, because, well, we all know how to work uh, for men, especially I can speak. I don't know about women specifically, but I know as men, we, we tend to bury ourselves in work when we're, when we're stressed out, uh, you know, we don't want to come home or, or if, you know, we know how to work, right. We know how to do that well, but can we father? Well, can we be, can we be a good husband? Uh, Can we be there for the people that that's really counting on us? So as part of that planning is like, how am I going to grow my business enough where I can spend time with my family? Or I dream a lot about what would it be like to give a $10,000 check to a charity or, you know, a $50,000 check to a charity. How do I get there? Right. How can, because when I take my last breath, somebody else is moving into my spot. They're going to take, take mm-hmm. all, the, all the cleaning jobs that are around. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm replaceable, <laughs> you know? So, so what, how can I get to the place where what I, what I am doing matters? See, whereas when I was in youth ministry, I felt like I'm doing something impactful and something that really matters. When mm-hmm. I'm out turning a squeegee, That isn't isn't world changing type stuff, Mm -hmm. but it can be a vehicle to do the things that can help change the world and can help Mm -hmm. bless somebody and help lift somebody up that's struggling and and it's going through it. So if I can, I can feel because the whole comparison thing is the same thing. It's like I go back to a to a college reunion with people and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm pastoring 20 years. What, What are you what are you doing? Well, I'm washing windows right but but what i get as a window cleaner is i get to go into people's homes that Mm -hmm. i would never be an invited guest otherwise
0: yeah absolutely
1: you know and so um so there's opportunities to meet interesting people and there's opportunities to also if you're successful then to ha i can write out a five thousand dollar check to this charity this month or Mm -hmm. you know uh this year and and this is one of the things that I've always struggled with, Gabe, is that, that push and pull of how do I let the community know mm-hmm. that I'm a community guy and that I invest back in the community without putting up this big sign that says, mm-hmm. look what I just did,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right?
0: And, and, and the secret to that is you have to reach out you know, you have to, you have to contact charities. You have to say, Hey, we're available. Like for instance, we, there's a charity. We do a lot of work for uh, trot. Uh, they're therapeutic writers of Arizona or writing of Arizona. And they, they do therapy writing for um, sh- children uh, who, you know, have either learning disabilities uh, or uh, veterans who have post-traumatic stress disorder. It's therapy to help them deal with that. So like they put, you know, we follow them on Facebook and then they, they do like uh, um, uh, they've just different things and how people can help. So one of them is, is a, a, a work day, you know, going and offering yourself to just work. So I signed up my whole crew. We're going to go do that, you know, but that's, amazing. Yeah. That's, that's the type of stuff that you, you have to be on the lookout for. If, if you're not, if it's not on your radar, you're never going to find it. And like you said, you sure you can go on and say, Hey, we're the most philanthropic business in town, you know, where you help this and you could do that. But honestly, you have to be the one to reach out and you have to let them know, you know, in and person. For
1: me, it I have a hard time with the self-promotional aspect. It feels mm-hmm. it feels a little slimy even though it's not, right? You know, yeah, I, yeah.
0: You, I, I dude, I'm in the same boat, same exact boat. You and my
1: community to know like like we love you, we're investing in, in these, mm-hmm. that we're giving back in these these community programs that help homelessness you know I don't mm-hmm. hand money out my window to people with mm-hmm. a sign uh, but I do support organizations that know who the scammers are and who the real mm-hmm. homeless yes. and helpless people sure. are and and I can give time and money into those organizations that mm-hmm. actually help to feed and clothe them or shelter them uh but you know, yeah, my the, solution the whole thing is about the motivation of the heart when you give. Uh, it's about, yeah. you know, do I want to be seen or do I or or am I giving so that I can help? But I've had this conversation with my crew chief, Ben, and and he's convinced me to maybe open up a little bit more about it. And And, and I thought maybe I can allow some of my employees to have more input on how much the company gives and to where. Uh, Because we always like to give to one family that's struggling, uh, you know, that's just obviously we don't just limit ourselves to that, but at least one local family that's struggling. We want to invest in a couple other smaller organizations in our town or regionally. We like to do the whole, you know, make sure you're impacting locally and globally. Uh, So this year we were able to give more. Than we, ha- than we did last year uh, because yeah. uh, our business had grown. And, and I can really see how if we keep, if we keep growing and, and doing the right thing, our opportunity to be a blessing uh, can grow as well. And that's yeah. something that excites me.
0: So here here's my solution I, I don't even want to say it's a solution this is what gets me by right now i don't know if it'll last <laughs> but this is kind of where've i've been at so there's two there's two strategies or at least two ways of thinking maybe you can call them philosophies of, of giving that i have so so number one is i i really try to separate myself from my business so i personally am an employee of gabe spotless window cleaning and i i always try to recognize that and i i you know, I've done it for years of saying, Oh, it's my business or I will do this or I'll, and I've really tried in my wording to change that to, Oh, the business will do this or the business will, or, or we will, you know, and I tried to make sure that when I'm speaking in in any, not just with giving, but just in any respect, I really try to keep the business separate from who I am. So what that does is that allows the business to run promotional events and, and to promote giving And and to do so in a philanthropic way where the business is being highlighted as opposed to me personally. And that takes a little bit of that pressure off of me of, am I doing it for self-promotion? Am I doing this to do good? It's kind of gray because I am getting promoted. You know, now I'm I'm, the business is what's being promoted, which is what businesses do. Businesses advertise. And if you're going to spend money in advertising, why not spend it in a way that's actually going to help other people rather than just um, promote the business? So that's that's the number one. That's what I want. The second strategy is I have two types of giving. So, so that is one part. But then I also have my own personal giving, and that I keep private. And that we we only only our family knows. It may be giving to individuals, it may be giving to organizations, it may be giving for a specific event. But that part I do that is personal. That's between our family, those individuals, and. God. Right. And so if I do that, that now I, now I've kind of separated because they both have different purposes, you know, because like you said, the promotional giving, um, it does inspire others to give, you know, and it, and it makes others aware of a situation that they may not have been aware of. Like for instance, with trot, um, you know, COVID hit them hard, because their whole funding is based on teaching students and having classes, and they had to shut down for like six months. But they still have horses they have to feed, they still have grounds they have to maintain, they still have power, you know, electric bills and, and utilities that are of the facility, and they had no students, so they were hurting really bad. But who knows about that? Who you know, who's thinking of, of a charity like that? So it gave us the opportunity to really promote that, Hey, this, this place has these needs, yeah, if it's anyone can help it spot's light on it. So now, and a lot of people who just had never even heard of them was like, wow, Hey, I would love to give to help us, uh, you know, facilitate that just to get through this tough time. But again, no one would know if I only gave just by myself and didn't tell anybody about it, you know? So, and again, those are different types of charities that I put into each of those categories I and it that. takes a lot of thought yeah. But it, you know, and again, it works for now. I don't know if it'll always work because there's always that little itchy feeling in the back, you know, when we're doing something, and it's just your conscience, and that's what it's there for, is to make yeah. you always reevaluate what your what your your motives are, you know. But and, and, uh, and,
1: and the shopper and and the end user today more than than i've seen in the past are very socially conscious mm-hmm. uh, sure. you know Absolutely. And, and, and they like to do business with people who give back like the bomba socks right mm-hmm. they buy mm-hmm. one they give a pair mm-hmm. uh, to people in need so and i think that drives people's buying habits too sometimes is like if they know that that they're not just hiring a window cleaner but they're they're hiring somebody that is a community person who cares about the community and, and will give back mm. to the community. I think I think people are very socially conscious these days, uh, yeah. especially with how, how they shot.
0: For sure. For sure. So, you know, and, and I, I think that's it. We, You know, it's funny. It's the ones who, like you said, the, the scammy people. <laughs> the scammy people are shameless promoters but they also are the ones that get seen because they are shameless promoters. So it's just learning to find that balance, you know, of, of not neglecting the promotion, but also making sure you stay who you are. So you don't accidentally cross over into something that's misleading or, or doesn't, you know, like you said, doesn't get used for the purpose that it's, it's intended to. And as long as we do that, then, um, you know, I think, I think we're okay with, with a degree of promotion, but everyone's got to do according to their own conscience, you know, on that another end.
1: thought that I had as well is perhaps talk to the charitable organizations. And instead of doing something where you're on the front page of the newspaper, with this giant check uh, is just simply say, can we display your logo on our website?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Just,
1: just yep. to show, just to show that we support you and we believe mm-hmm. in permission and what you're doing as well. Mm-hmm. And that would be our, we are engaged in this mission as well. And Uh, the other thing that might be a thought.
0: Yeah. The other big thing that we do to help is we give charity cleans just when we're slow, we have a list of our charities. We'll call them up. Hey, we're slow right now. You want us to, Want me to send some guys over and do, do we, we do the Ronald McDonald. They have a big building. We do them twice a year. It's a tax write-off. We, you know, we, we've, we've benefited our our family personally from the Ronald McDonald house. So it's a way to kind of help an organization that helped us when we needed it you know, during that time. And, and, and there's several others, you know, NAMI is also another one that we we've cleaned for the national Institute of mental, mental health, uh, or I forget exactly what the NA anyways, but anyways, yeah, you know, they're um, an organization that we feel strongly helping with some of our family members dealing with, with mental health issues. So, I mean, there's just different things you can do without having to, like you say, hold the big check, (laughs) you know, and put it out. So, but it's just, it's, it's definitely the most. So before I know we're getting close to the end of our, our time here that we got for you, um, is there, uh, uh, well, for, let's, let's, I guess let's get into IWCA again real quick. Um, what are some things that you have learned going to the conventions or just being a part of being a member of IWCA that has benefited your business and helped you get to this point where you're at, where, where you're where striving to, to achieve?
1: When I went to IWCA, I found out and I always knew there are things that I don't know. I went to Bible school, not Mm -hmm. business school. So I knew that I could apply certain biblical principles that would help me be successful in business. I mean, the book of Proverbs is just full of that kind of stuff. Um, But I also knew that because I didn't go to business school, there's still a lot of things I didn't know. So one example is when I started my business, it was all about phone book advertising. Yes. <laughs> you know? uh, had to have you had that to... yellow
0: page ad. Even if it yeah. was just a line, you had to be in there. Yep.
1: Yes. You had to be. That's how people found you was in the phone book for those people of a certain age. You might want to go Google what a phone book is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just for balancing tables and chairs, you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, so if you had a big colorful ad, then, then you're obviously the dominant company, you know, but you're right. I mean, even just having a line item in there, line ad. So, and they were very expensive. Mm -hmm. So when I drove around, when I started my business, I carried an Atlas of Maine an Atlas of New Hampshire an Atlas of Massachusetts. So I knew how to get to these jobs when people are calling for a quote. Oh man, you're bringing so many memories back. (laughs) (laughs) Open my phone and take that call. Flip open my Atlas, find where they live. You know, and uh, and if I needed to call somebody, I had my phone book in my in the back pocket of my truck as well. And that's how I I ran a business. And I remember window cleaners were leaving the phone book. And the, the phone book lady kept telling me, hey, look, for the same price, you can get this size ad. I'm like, oh, well, let's do that. And so I was like, like, yeah, look at this. Look at this ad. I was missing the train. Yeah, people were going online, and so when I went to IWCA, I didn't even know what the three letters SEO stood for, and my eyes were open. I'm like, oh, ah, oh, I got to get online. This is where everybody's looking for people now. Mm-hmm. They're using search engines, yes, and and it made a lot of sense. So I learned that at at IWCA. That was that was that was something that really helped me grow my business mm-hmm. is to learn the importance of of where are you i had here's an example i was working so hard that and so many hours that i didn't have a website so the phone company said we will build one for you wonderful well they farmed it out to a company in india i spent probably an hour on the phone one night you know while i'm cleaning telling them what we do and they built me a website that was just basically all text
2: oh my gosh
1: and the one thing, the one point I wanted to get across to my customers is: when we come into your house, we do not wear our outside shoes in your house. And what do you think they put on the website? When we come in your house, we wear shoes inside your house. <laughs> <laughs> I was to, we do not drag outside mud through <laughs> your house. Uh, so I met a local guy that my wife hooked me up with who built beautiful websites. And now we have a really great website, but I was, I think I, I was buried game on like page three or something like that. Does anyone even click the page two? Mm-hmm. I think I was buried at three or four somewhere. <laughs> so IWCA helped me out on that side yeah. of things. It really uh, helped me understand that here's a part of my business that I didn't know about. And so
0: opened my eyes and helped. No, I I totally hundred percent agree. I, I didn't go to business school either. Um, I knew how to clean windows. I didn't need to know how to, you know, in the beginning, but as I was growing, I started recognizing that same thing. I didn't know what I didn't know. And um, just the classes that they had and and that I took and and the training, uh, it's just made a, you know, 180% difference or degree difference in my business And I I just, I found out exactly how much money I was flushing down the toilet and it hurt. (laughs) And now it's redirected in in the areas that need to, and then the rest is saved. And now that's, that's been my whole goal. Save, 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 pay off debt, get to where, like you said, I work myself out of a job. that's, that's what I want to do.
1: Our goal hopefully is to get our house paid off in the next year. That we have, we have had our foot on the gas towards getting out of debt. Um and yeah, we don't live as sexy as a lot of people might live, but you know what? Faster we can get out of debt. The the borrower is servant to the lender. Yes. Right? Yeah. So the sooner we can unburden ourselves and unfetter ourselves. I haven't had a car payment, uh, even with the business for probably three or four years now. Nice. Uh, You know, so we're 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 putting money back in the trucks, making them look and run nice. And when the time's right, we'll get another vehicle. Yeah. Um so That's definitely an important part, uh, especially when we circle back to the whole giving thing again. Right. Yeah. uh, Do you want to be impactful? It's hard to be impactful when you're up to your eyeballs. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, man, wise choices, then hopefully we 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 should be able to get to where we're, we're going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dan, I got to have you back, buddy, because I we just barely scratched the surface of stuff I want to talk with you about. So we'll have you back again soon. I know that. you got to get somewhere. So I, I really appreciate making the time. And I uh, look forward to seeing you hopefully at the IWC convention. But if, if for some reason I can't make it, well, we will get together soon. I All hope right?
1: you can make it. We, we would love to see you. I love you, brother. And, yeah, uh, love, love you too. Nice tell, time
0: with you. tell Gabe hi for me, okay?
1: Yeah, we'll do. You better make another one of those TikToks. I know. Videos.
0: I got to make, make another video like soon. I've been, I've been slacking. Tell them I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> All right take care. And thank bye. you, Flomies, for listening as always. And uh, you take care. Enjoy your weekend. And as always, flow on.